Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Paul Kukowski's engineer Mooney will join us to discuss citizen scientists. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. show. Well, few of us might think of a cemetery as a place for citizen scientists to study climate change, but Mount Auburn Cemetery in Cambridge, Massachusetts is one such place. Joining us today to discuss uh, the fascinating work that's going on there is Paul Kukowski. He's Mount Auburn's Wildlife Conservation and Sustainability Manager, and joining him is Ms. Jean Mooney, one of the citizen scientists on on the program. And uh, Mr. Kukowski, Ms. Mooney, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a very it's a pleasure to have you both on the program. Mr. Krause, maybe we could talk first with you about it. Can you tell us a little bit about Cemetery and a little bit about this program? Sure. Well, Mount Auburn is uh, 175 acres in Watertown in Cambridge, Massachusetts, with most of those acres in Watertown. And it was consecrated in 1831, and we're the first garden cemetery in America. So we also... Our, an arboretum, we have more than 5,000 trees uh, from all over the world, and we are still an active cemetery 187 years after our consecration. Again, it's a very beautiful place if you look at the pictures, citizens in terms of conservation, sustainability. How did this idea come about? Well, we've made a conscious effort to become better stewards of the environment over the past couple decades, and it, it, it occurred to me that many of the citizens of uh, the greater community here really wanted to get closer to nature. As, you know, urbanization really, really builds in Boston and Watertown and Cambridge, there are fewer and fewer spaces for people to get outdoors and actually, um, you know, observe wildlife and, you know, get that closer feel to nature that people take for granted out in rural areas. So it it seemed to me that we had an opportunity not just to conduct biodiversity research through the efforts of uh, faculty from various institutions or uh, private researchers, but we could expand on that by involving the public uh, through a, a citizen science program. So we first started with Uh, a phenology study uh, in 2016 in which we created a trail that comprised 10 uh, different species of deciduous trees and shrubs um, um, throughout the cemetery. And we asked volunteers to make observations on different phenophase stages in the spring and fall, at least one time a week um, in the spring, late March through uh, early July and in the fall. October and all the way into December. So that was our initial offering, and we've built on that program since then. 
Um, we have initiated a microclimate study in 2017, which was uh, a year-long study uh, that went from April 17 to April 18, and we created a naturalist program in 2018 in which we, uh, well, our goal, I should say, was to create a team of uh, capable research assistants for biodiversity research so that um, folks could be involved in data collection for many different initiatives, and they also could, be, could become informal educators to the public. Uh, and that would hopefully provide a greater sense of community and a greater ownership of the citizen science program. So prior to this, had there been investigators working at Mount Arbor and this was an attempt to then involve a, a broader community or, or was this now uh, trying to get both researchers and, and citizen scientists together to use this site as, as a good, uh, good resource for studying technology, microclimates, this sort of thing? Uh, well, it was a little of both. We, some years ago, Joe Martinez, who is a curatorial assistant at the Harvard Museum of Comparative Zoology, began studying our spotted salamander population. And while doing so over the years, he noticed how quiet it was in the spring. And he, so he thought it would be a good idea to investigate which species of amphibians we actually had here. Uh, so we followed through with an organization called Grassroots Wildlife, uh, which is now part of Zoo New England. And they, com they completed a, an assessment of both aquatic and terrestrial uh, amphibians and reptiles. Um, and from that, we decided it was a good time to reintroduce three native species of uh, toads and frogs, the American toad, the spring peeper, and the gray tree frog. Now, all of those species had been documented here at one point uh, or another in the past, but none had been seen really in the last two decades. So got the proper permits, and he went through the process of collecting and releasing these tadpoles. And then from there, we would monitor their progress as their different uh, metamorphosis stages then where they disperse to on, on the grounds. And this became a great project to get our citizen scientists involved with because it adds a lot more eyes near the water bodies and also out on the grounds. And Joe developed transects uh, for the citizen science to visit every week and make their observations. We also have because of our citizen science program, we were able to reach out to other researchers that were looking for places to do urban studies. So we work with faculty from Lesley University. Uh, we have a, um, a professor named Amy Myrtle who does an arthropod study in which she asked citizen scientist volunteers to go out and monitor areas along our phenology trail to look for arthropod evidence in certain branches of the trees and document that. Um, and this uh, is part of the Caterpillars Count initiative out of the University of North Carolina. Amy also uh, leads a citizen science flower visitation study in which transects have been set up at different locations on the grounds and citizen scientists take photographs and then submit them to Amy 
so she can make identifications and uh, including numbers and, and what the activity is of these different uh, invertebrates uh, during their flower visitation. Another faculty member named Chris Richardson is conducting uh, an urban bat study in which he is conducting a misnet study, uh, capturing and examining bats uh, and then releasing them, and also doing some bioacoustic work to determine where bat activity may be on the grounds. Uh, and Chris uh, has noted that we have uh, little brown bats, big brown bats, hoary bats, and red bats here at Mount Auburn. Uh, so it's been a learning process for both citizen scientists and uh, the greater community. Sounds like a, a lot of really great projects, a lot of uh, interesting things that the citizen scientists can be involved in. Maybe we can turn now to, to one of your uh, citizen scientists joining you is uh, Ms. Jean Mooney. And uh, I'm curious, Ms. Mooney, tell us a little bit about how you heard about the citizen science program there, training's been like, and what your experience has been like. Yes, I'm happy to. Uh, I live nearby, and I have long visited Mount Auburn Cemetery. Um, I've been in the neighbor in the area for about 34 years, and I went from strolling my children here to uh, taking walks with my husband now that we're an empty nester. And I've always enjoyed the cemetery as a place of um, reflection and memory, but also as an urban oasis and wildlife habitat. And we enjoy visiting the cemetery um, through the you know all all the cycles and stages of the seasons. And I actually, uh, so I follow the cemetery on, on social media and I receive their newsletters and I happen to see something from the Friends of Mount Auburn Cemetery about a uh, citizen science program. And I said, wow, I'm already walking over at, at Mount Auburn a couple of times a week. Why not get involved in community um, in environmental uh, study and also increase my knowledge um, uh, of, uh, of research? And so I attended the training uh, and met other like-minded people, and I, I got hooked. The training has been terrific. We meet um, people with all sorts of terrific background um, in various areas. I started off with the phenology training, um, understanding all the uh, phases of, of, of trees, learning from one another and listening to experts, and then actually getting out and taking field walks and, and taking that little classroom uh, experience and uh, and, and going to visit trees and, and understanding uh, what's happening. I took um, participated in the um, microclimate study um, as well. And part of this is really going out together with other people. I, I do it I do it by myself, but we also team up with other folks and we, we share information and just being here. Um, I've gone on to um, participate in the caterpillar count study. Also, I love to photograph. And so I've been involved with the, the plant, uh, the flower visitor study, and, uh, and that's another outlet for my interest. So all in all, it's really a great way to um, take my interest um, in the issue of climate change and be involved locally, but also know that um, the research that I'm participating in has a, a broader reach in, in, in other networks. And uh, it's just been my pleasure. And I'm, I'm signed up for the uh, fall training again and looking forward to meeting um, more new people and broadening the network and the participation. Hmm. Sounds like a great experience. I, I'm just curious, what sort of things have you been doing as part of these projects? And is there anything that sort of surprised you about how this research is conducted or parts of the experience that found interesting or piqued your attention? Um, well, a couple of things. Part, partly understanding more about the how research is con conducted um, in, in different uh, 
how how the research is put together and you know learning to take good notes and observations and, and no one's perfect but we're the more eyes uh, as Paul said are out there um, we uh, kind of crowdsource our information so so learning what, uh, to be a good observer um, and to learn from one another a couple of exciting things this year I was talking about this uh, spotted salamanders being in the opportunity to 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 come here in the evening for uh, to, to learn about the the mating of uh, the spotted salamanders and coming out with flashlights and looking for spotted salamanders and their egg masses and consecration dell an area that I had long visited one of my favorite spot, uh, areas but I never knew about the spotted salamanders there being wa walking with my husband uh, around Halcyon Lake and and hearing uh, you know uh, and, and realizing there are all these little toads all over the ground and realizing, oh, this is something called a toad jubilee. I thought, what's a toad jubilee? Well, when thousands of toads emerge from the lakes um, here. So I'm learning a whole other vocabulary and also the opportunity to share that when I'm walking around, we almost become little ambassadors so that when there are other people, if I'm carrying a, a, a pad of paper or, um, or taking notes and I, we wear little lanyards and people will ask a question, I feel confident to be able to share that information with other people who are also enjoying uh, the grounds here. And, and that's a lot of fun to feel like I have new knowledge and I can impart that knowledge to other people who are visiting. More people then being, become recruited through uh, the efforts of the other citizen scientists, do you think? Yes, the, the, the program is growing. Every, every year we've had more volunteers sign up uh, to participate in our various trainings. And I, I think it's really important to mention that this program would not be successful without the dedication and the dependability of all our volunteers. And it's been a pleasure getting to know people, watching people learn as we move forward. Well, maybe to close, if you all have some uh, final words regarding any other things you'd like uh, the public to know about citizen science going on at Mount Auburn. I just encourage people, um, whether or not they're nearby here in Watertown and the Cambridge area, to get outside. And if you know, you have listeners, wherever they are, to get outside and discover their the urban oasis right there. That you don't need to live. You you can be in an urban area and discover lots of nature right under your nose. And to um, get outside and to look up for other programs in, in your area that can enrich your understanding of the environment and participate in in studies in their areas. And I I would just like to let people know that we take very seriously our role as a living laboratory and we will continue to try to provide opportunities for the greater community to get closer to nature through efforts such as our naturalist program and i hope that people will either look up mount auburn online or in various other areas, be it a, a local library, where we'll be posting information about trainings, and you're going to meet some great people, and you'll have an opportunity to, to learn about research being done by local experts, and, you know, the more the merrier. We, we'll, we're, we'll be happy to have you. And follow the Instagram feed and Facebook. There's a lot of great stuff out there to inspire people. Well, we were just talking with Paul Kukowski, a wildlife conservation and sustainability manager, and Jean Mooney, a citizen scientist at Mount Auburn Cemetery. And uh, Mr. Kukowski, Ms. Mooney, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
and that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.